This is Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. It's Life Beats right here on Pulse 95. Now, for the past few months, most people have experienced a time unlike anything we have experienced before. Isolating at home and mostly only seeing family members, our social circles really have tightened. And now, after adjusting to that, it is time to re-emerge. From today, many parts of the UAE have government and businesses coming back to work at 100% capacity. And as lockdown restrictions ease, the world is kind of trying to get back to a new normal. After months of being at home, the transition for some is not an easy one back in, with a lot of us feeling anxious, overwhelmed and almost feeling strange. Seeing people again to help us navigate through all of this. Joining me on the line right now is Malik Kamel, psychologist and clinical director of Thrive Wellbeing Center, as well as adjunct professor at the American University of Sharjah. Welcome back to Life Feeds, Malik. Thank you for having me, as always. Thank you. Great to have you. Now, first of all, I want to get your perspective on on everything that we've just kind of been through over the last few months. How have things been for you at your practice and also teaching online at the university? How have you seen people dealing with all of the changes so far and months of not being out, not seeing other people? How has that impacted them? So it's it's been a very interesting time. Um, I think what we saw initially kind of with the practice was you know, people just taking the news in, taking the time to process that and um, just, you know, processing things on on their own and in their own time and space. Um, I'd say about three to four weeks into kind of the whole experience, um, that's when we started to get, you know, uh, calls, people needing support to kind of manage uh, the experience of being at home, um, some experiences obviously of loneliness, but then also the opposite kind of experience of I'm crammed, I have too many people in my home, how do I find my me time amidst all of that? Uh, we've been working a lot actually with people on communication skills and kind of learning how we can express ourselves effectively um, within kind of our, our home environment and with the people that we're living with or sometimes even kind of communicating with ourselves and being able to um, kind of listen to your own kind of internal, I don't know, thoughts and dialogue and, and process that. Um, I'd say kind of with our students, I, I realized just how amazingly resilient our university, our high school, you know, uh, middle school, elementary, all students are really. Yeah. I think students have kind of really shown us um, just how adaptable they are and and how we uh, should be. I think kind of the younger people have been in some ways role models for us. That's kind of been my perspective uh, on, on what's been happening. You know, yeah. to- talking about the, the internal dialogue, that has been um, a big one. And also like interacting with family members in a way that they're constantly in your face. Uh, <laughs> it just kind of makes you kind of discover new things about them and about yourself that you're kind of like, well, hold on a minute. This is a very confronting time. Um, And I have to say, like from my experience, 
it was it most of the time it was good. Uh, however, there are moments when you're kind of you're with the stillness and and with your thoughts. And I was getting really emotional. I was having like weeks towards the end, like coming back to work this week. Now for the first time, we're in the studio in two months. Uh, but I was having weeks where I was just like I was bawling my eyes out, and I didn't know why. I just was crying and crying and I just didn't know why why I was so emotional. I just cry at the drop of a hat. I mean, I'm pretty sensitive normally, but that was just like, I don't know where these feelings are coming from or why they're there. And that kind of scared me a little bit, I have to say. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't be the first or the only person to say, you know, I've been quite emotional and I've been, you know, crying or, or frustrated or I don't know kind of what's going on within me. Um, I think a big part of it has been the unpredictability, right? And it's the first time that we've been faced this idea of things being unpredictable in a very, very large way, in a very profound way, um, and also kind of, you know, in, in the most intimate and personal way as well. It's, 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 you know, unpredictable in this large scale, but also kind of in this, how do I kind of face my thoughts and what I'm feeling in the stillness and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think within all of these changes um, and realizing that a lot of it is really in flux and is everything keeps changing, you know, everything keeps changing around us. Um, people have been really trying to take a look at what is constant. Like, what do I know for sure? And how, and, and that kind of, I think has really um, allowed people to take a look inwards and to take a look at their relationships and to kind of really focus on connecting with their loved ones, be it the people that they live with or others in, in other parts of the world. So one of the most beautiful things, I think, has been this, um, this idea of really kind of saying, you know what, uh, from this experience, I've been able to connect with myself with the people I'm living with, with others around the world. And doing so has been super rewarding. And we need to make sure to carve out time for that on a regular basis, if and when we do go back to our, you know, quote unquote, normal life. And here we are now, uh, you know, in, you know, able to kind of go back 100%, you know, uh, capacity and all that. And I think maybe what's on people's mind or at least on my mind is how do i make sure to maintain the gains or those gains that i've learned during this experience as i go back out into the real world and and life gets busy again and we have to run and does that kind of make sense 100 100 percent. exactly yeah. it's like you know the hierarchy of needs has just been you know yeah. shaken to the core it's like we're going back to the basics right down to the bottom you know, that need for connection is just like, really, it was just the ultimate. I am an introvert. I'm somebody who is so happy with alone time normally. You know, I love, I crave alone time. Um, but then it's still, it gets to you when you're just like, all right, enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see my friends again. I want to see people I'm not directly related to again. You know, like... I need, I, you know, we need that that sense of belonging and, and coming back. But, you know, it's kind of interesting, Malik, um, because, w you know, we've been wanting this. But at the same time, there is anxiety around kind of going back. Well, what what are we going back to? 
And how do we go back to that? Um, so I think one of the things that we've probably learned is whatever it is that we're going to experience, we are going to have to keep an open mind and be adaptable. So um, what are we going back to? We're going back to, to a certain extent, our you know routines, our work, our sense of kind of productivity, our engagement, you know, with the world around us. Um, but I think it's going to be a learning process and I think we need to keep that in mind. And if we choose to do things differently, that's okay. You know, it, we, we have to be open to kind of a dialogue, you know, a check-ins, you know, like this idea of, okay, so let's go back and then let's check in after week one, after week two, after week four, after week six, you know, this idea of let's check in, how are things going? Should we continue to do things this way? Should we tweak things up a bit? We're all learning in the process and that's totally okay. Um, and trying as much as we can not to bring our judgments into it um, um, and just kind of keeping an open mind. Um, yeah. I think something that we need to talk about coming up uh, after the break with you, Manek, is to talk about Okay, so how do we manage the, the challenging emotions that are coming up for us at this time? What kind of a role does mindfulness play into it? How do we manage anxiety? How do we try and take back control? So we're going to talk about some practical tips from you. Talk about uh, how we go about communicating now in this new normal as well. There's a lot more to come here with Manak Kamal next on Life Beats on Pulse95. Pulse 95. This is Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Malik Kamel is with me on the line. She is a clinical director of Thrive Wellbeing Center and she's an adjunct professor at the American University of Sharjah. We're talking how to come back to this new normal. People keep using this term, the new normal, and I don't even know what that means because it's like it's evolving <laughs> almost on a daily basis right it's just it, it like you said uh just before the break manic it's it's one of those things where you just really have to keep an open mind because it's constantly changing absolutely i think one of the things that many people have mentioned and, and we said this kind of right before the break is there was something really great about being home with our families and 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 children and or you know people that we're living with and as as challenging as those moments were and everybody needed to find, you know, a corner in, in you know, at home to, to take some space. Now that we're all kind of, you know, um, going back, um, you know, we're having reactions, children are having reactions. And so I guess it's about taking from this experience um, what we've learned and how to create a balance. So mm -hmm. if we were pre-COVID, you know, running around too much, not spending enough time at home, or even when, when we were spending time at home, we were just still buzzing through. Maybe now it's about seeing how we can carve out some time where we don't use that tech uh, technology and we really do sit together at home. Yes, we have the weekends, but maybe the, the weekends don't have to be packed with this play date and that play date and this activity and that practice, you know? Right. Perhaps now yes. it, we will really appreciate using that weekend to just be 
at home yeah. and go back to our quarantine weekend, you know, self, you know, chosen uh, quarantine in a way. Right, right. Um, Finding that balance and not just being, yeah. you know, constantly busy because I think a, a lot of us, you know, we're feeling that burnout before quarantine, before the pandemic hit. And it was just like, you know, at the beginning it was like, oh, what a relief almost that it just forced us to take a pause and and that's something that we have to do every day I think you know just take that time to pause so what are your tips for people on how to manage the challenging emotions that that come with all of this change and how do you use mindfulness to do that as well yeah so just like we had to physically take a pause and the body took a pause soon after we found that we had to take kind of mind pauses as well. So there's, you know, this idea of a body break and and, and, and the, the, the COVID kind of made us take a break from running around, right? And and I think one of the things as well is to really focus on this idea of mind break. So there are a few things. One of the things uh, that I often like to, to think of is this idea of taking five. So, you know, you can take at any given moment once kind of feeling overwhelmed with emotion. We can take five deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth five sips of water and i know that might sound kind of like water but yeah actually but five slow gulps and sips of water five breaths and then five sips of water five deep breaths five sips of water okay Five stretches or five movements of your body. Sometimes people feel kind of their their anxiety and nervousness in different parts of their body. So let's say you're somebody who, you know, you might feel kind of your shoulder getting tense. Oh, that's me. You know, you you can place your hand kind of on that part that's starting to feel tense and move your arm slowly, mindfully five times. Walk up and down your apartment five times. Stretch your legs out five times. Um... Repeating five your coping statements five times, and each person kind of should really think about a couple of coping statements, or another word for a coping statement would be a mantra, right? What is your coping statement or mantra, or what is a, a phrase that kind of grounds and centers you? What are some good ones? Because you know, maybe me, some of us don't have those coping yeah, statements. What would so be some good ones? The one that really kind of resonates with me is this thought feels much bigger than it is. And what I mean by that is, you know, we have anywhere between 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And then a particular thought pops into my mind, a thought or a combination of four or five thoughts, and it starts to feel really overwhelming for me. And with that thought comes a lot of emotion and anxiety and whatnot. And so I have to kind of stop and remind myself that this is actually just like one, five or a hundred, let's say, thoughts out of 60 to 70,000 in the day. But for whatever reason, right now, it just feels like it's overwhelming and overtaking and going to be the whole, you know, mood of the day or the mood of the next hour and whatnot. And so I kind of have to remind myself, this thought feels much bigger than it actually is. I love that. I really love that. It's kind of like, you know, and I've heard people kind of say and, and, um, you know, know, things like this too shall pass. It is, you Mm -hmm. know, like and and to kind of like think about right, like visualize riding a wave 
that, Mm -hmm. you know, you will get through it. And it's just, it really is, you know, I think you've touched on something really important, like challenges um, often have to do writing out the most difficult part. And once you get through that, then it it becomes so much easier to deal with and you actually become stronger in that moment too. Absolutely. And I think it's just kind of realizing that this is a moment and it's a challenging moment, but it'll pass. And I will, you know, feel better after it passes or what do I need to allow for it to pass? Mm. What can I do right now for for this thought or feeling to pass? Yeah. Right? So I think this idea of kind of five deep breaths, five sips of water, repeating a coping statement five times, moving your body five times, or just completely disconnecting and just, you know, closing your eyes, saying, staying still and, and, and counting uh, backwards from five down to one. And it's almost kind of like I'm, if five is the heightened emotion and one is the state of calm, go from five, four, three, two, one. However quickly or slowly you'd, you'd want to do that. Um, but kind of that backwards counting. So those are just some five quick tips on how to take five. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. yeah. Just like simple ways that you can actually just do anywhere because sometimes you can still be stuck at home um, yeah. and, you know, not able to get out or, or do what you need to do. What about for kids? Because it's interesting. Um, you know, you very much specialize uh, in children's counseling as well. Um, it's interesting because my youngest, she was extremely upset to learn that I was going back to work. Um, physically uh, back into the studio when she was getting used to having me at home and you know between her classes she would jump into my room for hugs and she just loved that (laughs) she loved having me at home I have to say for me I loved being with her but at the same time it was really difficult to focus on work and I just felt very foggy all the time because just everything felt like it was melting into each other there were no boundaries anymore right but so how do you deal with that with kids? Is it different with children? How do we help our kids to get through this? So a couple of things. First of all, the, those take five tips are, are things I kind of um, use a lot with um, with the preteens and, and with adolescents on a regular basis. So they're applicable kind of across all ages. Um, in terms of kind of going back, I think one of the main things is to kind of remind our children that as everything kind of changes around us, one thing remains constant, which is this open line of communication that is between you and me. And whether that's face-to-face or, you know, whether that might happen, not necessarily face-to-face, but there's always kind of that open line of communication. Mm. Um, And so we can always talk about, you know, how you're feeling or how we might want to do things differently or how we can spend more time together or how you know we can always kind of keep that 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 line open for communication one kind of tip that i would say is if we take a look at the week right so from sunday to saturday i think it would be helpful for us to kind of give ourselves a midweek break where we spend kind of that quality time with our kids and so you know if we say tuesday tuesday could be tech free tuesday mm. right so they're at school or you're at work or or maybe they're they're home because it's a summer now you're you're at work you come back 
that the that Tuesday evening could be Tech Free Tuesday, and on the weekends we spend that quality time together. So it kind of helps them understand that we're not just going back to the rat race once more. This this you know this week is going to be organized with breaks, kind of for us to absolutely sit and connect the same way we used to. Uh, when we had no choice but to do so. Absolutely. And we yeah. learned that we enjoyed it right. in some way. And that we need yeah. it, that we have to we have to have that and we have to keep those lines of communication open. Speaking of lines of communication, we're going to be talking effective listening and communication strategies with our employers, with our partners as well. We definitely need that. That is going to be coming up here on Life Beats with Manic Camera. That's next. Pulse 95. This is Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats. And we are talking how to overcome the challenging emotions that can come with us going back to normal. We've kind of been in our cocoons. I feel like I've been in a cocoon for the last couple of months with this COVID 19 impact and pandemic. And now it's time. To sort of re-emerge and how do we do that and to interact with people again. Communicating, get, getting dressed even feels foreign, you know, in, in the morning. You have to get all dressed up again. And I want to talk about effective listening and communication with you. You know, what are the barriers that we can have to communicating? So uh, one of the main barriers, there are a few, but kind of there are external kind of barriers or barriers in our environment, obviously kind of uh, distractions in our environment, Mm -hmm. uh, other people present. Uh, Sometimes we, you know, we want to listen or we want to have a conversation and it's an important one, but there's a lot kind of going on around us. You know, people are there, we're running off to an appointment. So it's also kind of important for us to keep in mind that to, 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 to kind of communicate effectively, we should probably be mindful of those barriers. But, but an internal barrier would really be um, judgment. And one of the things that, you know, I think we have to be pretty conscious of is as we reconnect with maybe our colleagues, our employer, our friends or whatnot, you know, we say, oh, so what have you been up to? And how have you been doing? And how have you been living? And how have you been quarantining? And how have I been quarantining? I think we have to be very careful not to kind of let the conversation turn into one of judgment or what others did or what they didn't do or what they choose to do now and what they choose not to do now. So I think we have to be pretty mindful of that in terms of steering away from conversations kind of becoming one that are, you know, judgmental of how people have or haven't quarantined or, you know. It's so true. It's true because Um, uh, that was one of the big things before going into quarantine or as we started the process. You know, people were posting online, oh, you know, well, this is the time when, you know, you should be learning a new language or start writing that book or, you know, like learning a new skill. And if you haven't done that by the time quarantine's over, then it's it it wasn't a lack of time. It it was a lack of discipline and you're a failure, basically. Um, There was a lot of pressure going into it as well and a lot of kind of, you know, prejudgment, if you like, about what that was going to look like for people. And I think that's the same thing as we're coming out of it. Internally, there's a lot going on for people. Absolutely. There's inter- internally, there's a lot going on for people. And people are also trying to figure out, like, 
what does that mean in terms of how who I see and when I see and who I socialize with and, and whatnot. So I think we really have to be very cautious and mindful of not letting our conversations get into this, you know, who's right and who's wrong about how we did or will continue, you know, what we did or how we will move forward. The other thing, you know, that I'm that I think we should really be mindful of and happy to kind of bring into our conversations is uh, uh, talk and about mental health and the importance of mental health. Everybody, I think one of the biggest gains from this experience is the importance of our mind, our mental health and our, you know, where our mind is at basically. And so it would be quite a shame, in my opinion, if we kind of forget about that or kind of push that kind of talk or discussion or, you know, to the side now that we're back into, you know, this idea of going back into work and running and, and, and getting on with life, as, as they say. So I think it's going to, I hope so. I, I'm pretty positive and hopeful, actually, that now our work environments are going to be uh, ones where we can talk about self-care, where we can talk about maybe taking a day to work from home, where we can talk about, you know, I'm, I, if you can just give me five minutes and then I'll come back to the meeting, I just need to mentally reset or, you know, I'm, I'm quite charged right now. Can I, can we talk about this in about an hour rather than right now? I, I think the way we speak about how we feel can change um, in an effective and, and, and nice way. Um, I hope so, at least. Have you seen <laughs> this? Have you seen this, Malik? Have you seen uh, people being more open or maybe employers being more open to that and, and to prioritizing that more? Because I, I feel like th there were a lot of conversations around mental health during lockdown and how that was having an impact on people but now as we come out of it i think you're absolutely right you know one of the the biggest things is now taking that forward and making sure that actually this is one of the things that we keep that one of the, one of the conversations that we do keep having um with employees you know, with family members, with friends, with whoever it is, and to, to make sure it wasn't something that just was because we were in lockdown or whatever, but actually it's a daily, it's a daily struggle. It's a daily thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think the conversation is shifting in that way because, not just because there was a lot of mental health struggle and challenge during the quarantine, but because we came out of it with a lot of gain and 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 we noticed the benefit of as challenging as it may be but the benefit of slowing down connecting with yourself doing things that are good for you taking a moment to practice this that or the other anything that really resonates with you and i think many of us have kind of you know said okay this is this, these are things that i actually want to keep and and i want to keep doing and so I, I'm pretty hopeful that it's not just going to be about, you know, mental health struggle, but also a discussion about mental health growth and what we need to do to create healthy environments, you know, um, in the workplace. And in to, terms of, yeah, in yeah. Term, and to that, you know, in terms of how we communicate, this is very important mm -hmm. as well. And the way and the styles that we communicate. Yeah. So, um very basic 
kind of but also pretty profound <laughs> sometimes the most basic information is also is, is is what can be most profound in some ways yeah so in terms of uh, communication you've got you know uh, three or four main communication styles so if we for simplicity's sake say that there is you know aggressive communication passive communication or assertive communication okay aggressive communication is one where you know i would be really expressing my needs and saying what i want without taking into consideration at any point what it is that you know what your thoughts are or what your opinions are okay so in this case i win you lose i make my point without taking you at all into consideration passive communication is the opposite of that so you're making kind of a statement you're expressing your opinions and i just choose not i come like i disengage and i do not express my needs or opinions and i just yeah 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 sure sure whatever you say and i allow you to quote unquote win and i lose in assertive communication what what is healthy and 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 and, and helpful here is for me to be able to express what it is that i'm thinking or feeling while taking into consideration your thoughts and opinions so that means that i will say what i have to say but i will say it maybe choosing my words wisely or i won't say it with you know a a, a difficult uh, or a harsh tone or i will say what i say but then ask for your feedback mm. and in this case it's saying i care about you and how i'm speaking and that i demonstrate that through how i'm speaking but i also care about me and 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 what it is that i'd like to bring to the table here and perhaps what we can do moving forward whatever it is that we're talking about be it you know content at work uh, you know something work related or something personal in the work or any environment really is to focus on um working a bit more on those assertive communication skills i think it's going to move us um all forward in a in a healthy way as we socially interact face to face again <laughs> with one another um and hopefully on a new level on a new mental uh uh level absolutely absolutely yeah. yes opening up those lines of communication and and like you said being open to the whole experience and and practicing those tricks for mindfulness to kind of still the mind still the heart as well in the midst of the ongoing change it's constantly changing the the final thing i wanted to ask you about before i let you go uh malek is what it's been like at uni um at university where you you've got students who are wanting to graduate and it's just it's all online at the moment you know our university students have been extremely amazing and resilient um there've been a couple of um kind of initiatives for um professors and faculty and staff um to put together a really nice uh, video for all of our uh, uh students uh, who are going to be graduating mm. um even kind of some of my uh adolescent clients uh you know are talking about kind of people kind of coming into uh joining their graduation through Zoom uh you know having grandparents or people kind of from all around uh, joining in on their graduation so i think um the class of 2020 um is is a very very unique one graduating be it from uni or from from high school or or secondary school and um hopefully we can celebrate them in their own unique way now and again 
when it's safe to do yeah. so. Yeah. Um, in 2021. <laughs> oh, I really hope so. I really hope yeah. so. My heart goes out to all of them and well done to them for Absolutely. You know, getting through this, it just has been an incredible time. And I want to say a big thank you to you, uh, Malik, for joining me today on Life Beats. Malik uh, Kamal is a psychologist and clinical director of Thrive Wellbeing Center and the adjunct professor at uh, the American University of Sharjah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me always. Thank you. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.